Welcome to the Sunday morning edition, the week 12 edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. It's the dream team. Uh, Eric, you've been sweating out college games all day. I have to check on you. How's everything going? South Alabama is currently in a tie game with Arkansas. Oh, no, they're, <laughs> they're down by three to Arkansas State. Uh, they're driving, though, nine minutes left. I think they're probably going to get the cover here. So uh, I'm pretty happy about that. A couple other ones. Boston College, our guy, uh, Halfley, uh, is coaching a pretty good game right now. Those are the two ones I'm really worried about. I I just love the things that you bring up when I ask you about college. I have a couple of big takeaways from college, too, in case you were curious. Um, the first is, is Nick Saban overrated? That's a good question. I, I, I don't know. I feel like the, the <laughs> our guy, Joey Molinaro, the, the impression of him was the best thing Saban's done in a long time. That, that was phenomenal. If you don't, haven't checked that out, it's, it's worth going and watching. Um, and the second, uh, the second one was that Trevor Lawrence is very good at football. So you're welcome. I, before we get into the props, we're going to do props, and then we're going to jump into uh, the Sunday slate. I want to get your initial thoughts on the Patricia Bob Quinn firing in Detroit. Well, there was, there was always a pretty good chance that Patricia would escape being the bad coach, right? And like win, uh, you know, we we had them with good, like we had them with good closing line value on the NFC North futures. We Stafford, Galladay, like I don't think, I, I, I honestly think that the Galladay being the best receiver in the NFC North while wrong has, a, has some legs in the sense that I don't think that there's an offense in the entire league that is perturbed as much by missing a certain player than the Lions <laughs> are of Galladay. Um, I'm I'm excited for the Lions for the future in the sense that they really are in a similar position to the Miami Dolphins just a couple years ago. You know, we have Rodgers is probably going to leave Green Bay at some point soon. Um, Chicago and Minnesota, you wonder about their future prospects. Like if they, you know, get a good coach, get a good GM, put a process in place, draft a quarterback, like we could be talking about them in a similar straight as the Miami Dolphins in a division that probably is going to be pretty weak moving forward. I agree with all those things. One thing that I thought about with this was why, I don't know why you would fire him now. What do you get out of firing him now? I, you know, your team is really bad. Keeping him around, it probably gets really, really bad. They lose a ton of games, but that's sort of your goal. You want to avoid any sort of, oh, we have an interim coach that maybe they really like Daryl Bevel and, uh, and what they want to do is, is like, you know, play hard for this coach. The players want to win. From an organizational standpoint, like, you do want a top draft pick. So it's a little confusing to me because you can't trade Stafford, right? You're, like, locked into these guys now at this point. Um, their team is does not have a ton of talent, man. Like, it really doesn't. And um, I, I don't know. I, it, it's confusing to me timing-wise. Like, he should have honestly been fired last season. And... I think they should have drafted a quarterback at number three, and then we would be having a very different conversation right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think, obviously, if they would have listened to us and have a quarterback at three, then you start to build the defense, you start to build, you know, the secondary, the the linebacking core, which is a disaster. Like, did you notice the other day? Like, I watched Houston's game with relative attempt, you know, towards the defense. They, they, They have two sets of linebackers that are all bad. They, they mm-hmm. on, on in nickel they have like what they have Collins who's okay but then they have Tavai 
and um, I'm trying to remember who the other one is. And then in base, Christian Jones, who's terrible. And then they have on a nickel, or like th- then on base downs, they go with Reggie Ragland, who can't cover a $5 stake. And then they have like a, uh, and then Gerard Davis, who's also bad. Like the whole thing is a disaster. And, you know, on the defensive line, they don't really have anybody that can get pressure, especially with Trey Flowers is out. Um, and in the secondary, no, it's, it's bad. It's just a, yeah. So I, I agree with you, but also, Miami a season ago, one season ago, had a below replacement level defense collectively. So it doesn't take that much that much effort and time sure. to actually become uh, that kind of you know a, a plus team on that side of the ball. They're four and seven though. That's the problem. So like they're four and seven. They get Daryl Bevel as head coach. I still feel good about the the season over. They're not going to get a high enough draft pick. Um, let's get let's get out of here on this. Matt Stafford is playing quarterback where next year. Denver sounds like the right choice, although they have a Democratic governor, so you never know how how the missus will take that one. <laughs> oh, brother. I like Denver a lot. I also think here's a sneaky one. Dallas, if things go awry with Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. he would be a good option there. Okay, let's do a few props here. Um, why don't you kick us off? We're only going to do a couple. Because we want you guys to tune into the live show. It's on at 11.30 tomorrow on the PFF YouTube channel. And that's where we'll have all the props and, and we'll put out a lot more. But we'll give you a little teaser, a little taste. Um, give me one that you have your eye on. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm actually looking here at uh, at um, Kalen Balage here. Let me make sure. Oh, no. Oh, no, he's not there. Okay. He's not playing. Um, here's one I like. The Wayne <laughs> Gallman under 56 and a half at minus 120. Um, now I don't think Gallman sucks the way that I think Balazs sucks, but I also think mm-hmm. that like there's there's a pretty decent chance he's not going to get all the touches. There's a pretty decent chance that even if he does, he struggles to get over this total. Um, give me Gallman under. I like it. I, I similarly kind of like Gallman's receiving over. Yeah. And the reason uh, for that is that it's only ten and a half yards. But that's not the one I'm gonna I'm gonna advise the uh, the people to get in on. Um, there, there are a couple that I do like, and the first one that caught my uh, caught my eye here was Keenan Allen seven and a half receptions. Okay. Justin Herbert looks to only Keen- Keenan Allen, like that's his guy. It's going to be Keenan Allen, and I know that everyone loves Tre'Davious White, and I think that's way why people might be um, uh, fading this a little bit. I'm not worried uh, about it. I think. Tredavis White's a great corner. I think he finds enough opportunities not to be on Tredavis White. He can play out of the slot. Over seven and a half receptions for Keenan Allen. And I'll give you one more while we're at it on the over side of things. Uh, Your boy, Brandon Allen. Just for you. A little special. Brandon Allen, over 11 and a half rushing yards against the New York football giants. Uh... Quarterback I call that the props. prop king special, the quarterback mm-hmm. over, especially obscure quarterbacks. I was I was surprised you didn't go with Glennon because I think like if he just leans his like his ostrich neck over, mm-hmm. that's like an extra yard. But over it's the where number. the ball is. It's not where the head is. It's where the ball yeah, is. Yeah, but and that's it, what optical illusion. I like Josh Allen also under two hundred eighty-three and a half passing yards. Oh, okay. Um, any others that you like? Because I I have a couple more. Ah, man, I, there's so many that I like here. Might might give I might give a few away. Um, Let, okay, one okay. more here then for me on the wide receiver front. Um, give me, and this is again the this is the the Sammy Watkins special under forty two and a half 
receiving yards. Okay. I'm, I love that because that's perfect for what I'm about to tell you, which is Mecole Hardman, 19 and a half receiving yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers slot guy again? Oh, it's Sean Murphy bunting, which is what the Bucks do on covering in intermediate plays. Yes. They bunt. Uh, Mecole Hardman from the slot deep down the field. Also, Jamel Dean out with the concussion. I love that one. I absolutely love that one. I think it's a barn burner. And then um, I've got one more, and that's Patrick Mahomes rushing yards over 14 and a half. Patrick Mahomes is the best scrambler in the entire NFL. There you go. So take that. <laughs> He's the best at everything in the entire NFL, but, you know. You're not biased at all. No. Nope. Uh, all right. Let's go to sides here. Um, I, so I want to start, actually, with – Okay, can, we get, can we get this one out of the way first? Which one? Atlanta plus three. All right, move on. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> get yeah. the train. Take get the, the train. Get the train moving here. Take take the over 53 and a half. What do you think the because the most the line is not available really anywhere. Pittsburgh Baltimore. If RG three plays, what would you make the line in that game? Uh, Pittsburgh's at home. I'd make it ten and a half. Oh, interesting. I was going to go eight and a half. Um, but that's probably, uh, yeah, somewhere around there. So the, um, at, the spread was four. It, I think RG3 is probably worth, RG3 is probably worth a, maybe a point better than replacement. We have Lamar at about six, so that's five. That'll get you to nine. Plus, basically, the cluster injuries that are not, not only Lamar, but like everybody else, okay. that's the extra point so and a half. I thought that's, that was the same math that I did, except that I think Pittsburgh's about to get a bunch of cluster COVID stuff yeah. too. So anyways, um, that's supposed to be Tuesday night. Let's move on to games that are actually being played on Sunday. And I'll start with one, which is New York, Cincinnati. And I want to check in on how you're feeling because you have two steak dinners riding on the Cincinnati Bengals. I have one steak dinner riding way. on it. You have two, right? Okay, but however you look at it, right? You, <laughs> yes. You could potentially benefit. I'm really thinking about how many you have to pay for not as many, right? So um, if if this they is a lose, three steak dinner swing, is what you're saying. This is huge. This is huge for you. So it's gotten out to six. I believe when we made the bet, it was four, four and a half. Um, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, well, so I had Bengals to win out, right? Um, yep. I'm feeling pretty good. Brandon Allen's a lot better quarterback than Ryan Ryan Finley, so I'm I'm feeling really good. I actually do think at 220 and on PFF Green Line, this is a, a place where there's some value. The Bengals to win. Um, I mean, it, it boils down to the Giants just not being that good of a team. They're the best team in the NFC East, and that means absolutely nothing. I just really worry about Cincinnati losing Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was the heart. He was the reason people in Cincinnati were excited. Like this game is in Cincinnati. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be no one giving a crap about this game in Cincinnati, right? So it, that boils, you know, that that exudes itself into the team plus the giants here are like man the nfc east is right in front of us i don't know if um, i'm looking up at alex smith and, and ron rivera i i sort of feel a little down yeah i don't know if i can outclass that team okay um what's another game that you want to talk uh, about here? so we already went through atlanta um no i'm just so tennessee plus three is a good bargain against indianapolis yeah with all the COVID stuff I would agree here, and I, I like Tennessee on the money line plus 145. I, the Colts, 
Okay, you made a great point, which was that the Colts were tougher than the Green Bay Packers, right? The Green Bay Packers, uh, the, the fumbles, it was a disaster. But it, are the Colts getting a little too much credit for winning that game? The Titans' offense is still the, one of the best offenses in the NFL. They lead the NFL in EPA per pass play on early downs. And they, they have an example of them doing a really good job of throwing the ball against the Colts previously. Better quarterback is getting points indoors. Pass rating when clean, Ryan Tannehill 115, Phillip Rivers 96. One is way above average, one is well below average. Give me Ryan Tannehill. If you guys are listening to this podcast, that means you like betting on props and you like betting on games. And that is where PFF is here to help you out. If you use promo code CYBER40 through December 7th, you get 40% off any PFF subscription. It's a really good deal that helps make the PFF Elite sub way, way, way cheaper. And that's what gives you the props tool, which is my personal favorite. And then, of course, the betting dashboard where you can look at uh, all of the games in both college and pro. So you want to get that. Um, and if you're just here for a little fantasy, a little fun, and you like the content the PFF puts out, the PFF Edge subscription becomes super uh, super affordable with cyber 40 as a promo code plus if you're looking for college you know we're winding down getting the bowl season um, and you just like to bet on college the college subscriptions um, can give you access to the betting dashboards as well so go check those out use promo code cyber 40 through december 7th get yourself a pff subscription for 40 percent off yeah, I think the I think the the player matchup here is just important. I mean, Adam Humphreys is out, which I think is somewhat of a blow, but you know they're more of a two wide receiver team with Corey Davis and AJ Brown. Um, when you look at the Colts, Isaiah Rogers is out or questionable. Ryan Kelly, their center, out. Uh, Bobby Okariki, who I just like to say his name, is out. Um, Pascal, questionable. Um, you know they Quint Nelson, questionable. Plus they just have Jonathan T- all the COVID list guys. So to me, like I think that that's a, a downscale effect. And the books probably don't want to have it cross three because they don't want to be middle, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that's why I think you're getting a little bit of a value here with Tennessee at plus three. Okay. Here's one that I know is going to take all of your brilliance to explain to me. The Minnesota Vikings. They're at home. They're playing the Carolina Panthers. They're a three-point favorite. Galaxy brain your way into taking the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins as a favorite against Teddy Bridgewater in a revenge game? Well, I, I <laughs> the, the Carolina's defense is awful, right? So, like, and the Vikings are a pretty good offense. You know, everything, you know, when you when you spell it all out, that's really the reason, right? Carolina, um, Minnesota has the sixth best offense in our opponent-adjusted grades. Um, Carolina's 25th in defense. Like, that's a pretty good, um, you know, mark up there. Plus... You know, Zimmer can coach up a good defense every once in a while. I don't know if he's going to against Bridgewater, a, a player he, you know, used to coach. Um, but to me, like, that's the reason. It's also, it's just cheap, right? It's minus three. You're basically saying that Minnesota and Carolina are even on a neutral field, assuming a normal home field, right? Is that really the case? I think even the biggest Minnesota Vikings hater would say that Minnesota is a better team than Carolina on a neutral, yeah? Yes, I would agree with you, and I think you bring up a really good point, which is the the offense for Minnesota is is really really good. I would say though that the defense for Minnesota is going to have a really hard time covering those wide receivers, and it depends how injured you think Teddy Bridgewater is. But 
I have faith that Joe Brady can kind of figure this thing out. By the way, it was just reported that all Broncos quarterbacks yeah. are ineligible to play tomorrow against the Saints. That game obviously now off the board. Um, but it looks like your boy Taysom Hill is going to go 2-0. <laughs> um, here's a question. So I can understand why this line movement is going towards Carolina, right? Because you have yeah. um, you know, Thielen's probably going to be out. Irv Smith is out. Uh, Ezra Cleveland's out. Uh, the Vikings defense still reeling somewhat. Um, and Carolina is getting Bridgewater back, and they're fairly healthy on offense. So I see why this line moves now. The The way to look at this game from a Minnesota side is you're getting a really big discount. And Minnesota has historically, under Zimmer, been very good covering the spread. Of them. Um, so okay. that that's but that's the idea. I don't like times, it. I'm not taking the How bike. many times has Minnesota – let me ask you this. Trend zone fanatic over here. How many times has Minnesota covered the spread at home without Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs? Well, without Diggs in 17, they, you know, they, right. they did okay. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I know yeah. that Justin Jefferson is amazing, but by far, Kirk, you know, the two guys that Kirk Cousins has had and, you know, losing Diggs has not been a huge deal because Jefferson is awesome. But Thielen is there. I mean, they don't have another wide receiver, you know? So it's like... I don't know that they will be able to take advantage as much as maybe they would have hoped when they don't have, you know, like how worried are you about any other receiver on the Minnesota Vikings? On the flip side, Christian McCaffrey not playing. I always think that, you know, the public and um, and the books overrate, you know, star running backs because of the fantasy side of things. To me, that's not an issue at all. Mike Davis was fantastic, one of the best receiving backs in the league it diversifies their offense a little bit so I, I don't know I have a really hard time asking or putting my hard-earned money on Minnesota to cover without feeling against an offense that I Joe Brady and Joe Brady I trust yeah you, you're basically making a bet if you bet on Minnesota that Justin Jefferson against Rasul Douglas is just a play they consistently go to over and over and over um Instead of the rat Randy ratio, it's the gritty gradient or something like that. <laughs> uh, here's right, one. Let's go. Here's one. Yeah, go ahead. Let me talk briefly. I know people that listen to the forecast know that I like this number. I like I like San Francisco getting six and a half mm. you know, uh, on the road against the Rams. I I really like it. It's seven in the super contest. A um, couple of things of note here that obviously Richard Sherman and Raheem Mostert are back. They've had a week off. The Los Angeles Rams just won a game as an underdog in Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football in prime time. So they are at the top of the market right now. This is It reminds me a little bit of Miami being at the top of the market last week where you I always like to watch the talking head top fives because you learn a lot from them, right? A lot of the talking heads have to cover all the sports and so they react to things very similarly to the public and a lot of the public watches them. And I saw Miami creep into the top five and some of those top five lists last week. The Rams have now made this jump, right? That, you know, you look at like Stephen A, for example, like I think he had him four or something like that. To me, that's really indicative of how the public feels about this. No uh, Andrew Whitworth, they were able to mitigate that against the Tampa Bay Bucks. I don't think the Tampa Bay Bucks, as good as their defense has been, is anywhere near as solid as San Francisco is actually on the back end. You know, Quan Williams now getting um, 
Richard Sherman back. Like if Richard Sherman is actually healthy, this was our highest graded quarterback, uh, cornerback last year, you know, and I have no, there's no reason for him to come back if he isn't healthy. Okay. He's already been out longer than people would have anticipated. I believe he is healthy. Listening to him talk to Chris on Chris's podcast every week. He says, man, whoa, whoa, I've been feeling whoa. good for a the while. Name drop. Right. Look, the to. name drop matrix. It, you, you I had to get back at you. You've been, here. yeah, you've been dropping a lot of, you know, I did a bunch of radio and TV and stuff like that. So I just had to get back. But, um, I love it. I love it. I think this is a great spot, a fantastic spot. You get to bet on Kyle Shanahan with a week's uh, a week off um, against a team at the top of the market. I'm a huge fan. Absolutely, just a just a really good play there. What do you think, George? Here's a question: What do you think about the Jets getting six and a half against Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins? Okay. Okay. Let me let me tell you why. I will not bet on either side of this game. Fundamentally, I understand why the Jets are a value. I do. The Miami Dolphins are a team that has won on defense and turnovers. Um, And Brian Flores, I think right now, is either one or two in coach of the year. I think Tomlin probably wins it, but uh, Flores has done an amazing job. I would vote for Flores personally. The New York Jets, if they were starting Joe Flacco, and the Miami Dolphins, if they were starting Tua, I'm all aboard, okay? But it looks like the Dolphins are going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it looks like the Jets are going to start Sam Darnold. The Miami Dolphins defense is everything that the New England Patriots defense at its height was. A team that can play cover zero and actually do it effectively. You know who Sam Darnold once saw ghosts against? Oh, a high-functioning New England Patriots defense right that was able to play cover zero and and actually cover on the back end i would be absolutely terrified that sam Darnold has a, a, a meltdown in this game we just saw the detroit lions go see a uh, matt patricia the, the team played as if they wanted that to happen i wouldn't be surprised if we see something similar in new york i understand it fundamentally if joe flack were playing i'm here for it i'm terrified of this particular matchup well said, George. Much like the defense that's being played by Boston College, that was very well reasoned there. <laughs> I mean, can, can you? I so like I really struggle with these because I always like to bet on something that the model tells me that isn't intuitive for me. I feel like that's that's where I'm being the smartest, you know, right? Like laying my intuition to rest. So I mean, the Jets. Will you the Jets actually have bet on the, the number against the Chargers? against the Bills and against the Patriots in three of the last four games. Mm-hmm. The the public still thinks they're the worst team in football. The thing about yep. Gase is Gase like, likes to rack up these like moral victories at the end of the year. And last year, they were even actual victories, right? Like they right. The Jets won seven games last year, George. Seven no, I, actual I, games. Like, I don't think like that to me, that's the one thing that like the public the public still is not going to side with it. Like the public's forgot. The public bet the Jets the first four weeks of the year got got buried, and they're like, "I'm never going to pay attention to another Jets game the rest of the year." And that's, I think, where you're getting the other thing. And this is this is an important thing here. You're getting six. Like you're you're moving along with the line. You missed the the key number, right? Like all the mm-hmm. sharps took right the seven, and and now you're getting six and a half. But if you think about like you're moving with some smart betters, that's like another possible reason i don't 
I don't really subscribe to that just because you're betting the bad number, but it's you are on the right side if you like the Jets. Let's um, let's talk briefly about. I really am just curious. Um, Broncos Saints. If you're the Broncos, what would you do to try and win this game? Is Tebow signed? <laughs> Can you imagine? It'd be so great. I would. I mean, it would be the most watched so they game. Can't, it's at four or five. They can't. Uh, they can't sign somebody, right? Because they have to go through all the protocols. So they basically yeah, now, have to play like they Logan bring Thomas type up from players the practice at, squad? at quarterback, right? Yeah. So uh, here's what I would do. I would have a contest between all of my wide receivers, basically, like who can throw the ball best. And I would just put that guy out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'd run a knee. I, I'd, I'd take a knee because that obviously increases your probability of winning. I'd take mm-hmm. a knee on every, on every down and then punt and play defense because the Joe judge model says that you, if you end every possession with a kick that, that, that helps you win. Okay. That was enough Broncos talk. Let's talk uh, a couple quick hitters here. I like the Patriots still uh, at plus two, but I think this is an interesting teaser opportunity. You could tease the Patriots out to plus eight. I also like the over. Um, I'm curious though, like, there really aren't any other teasable games, I guess. Well, no, I would... no. I mean, the, the teaser we like. So when we teased, we teased I mean, Dolphins you... to minus one and Browns to minus a half. That's still available. It just flipped, right? So you can do that. Mm-hmm. If you like the Giants, you can tease them down to a pick. If you like, um, if you like. Yeah, you're still asking semi-bad teams to win. So here's the one that I think I like the most. It's New England to eight and Cleveland down to one. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good one, I think. Um, you know that because I'm not I'm not teasing the Rams down to a half. Um, obviously, if you could get Saints down to a half, you would have done it, but that's off the board. Um, yeah, so so that's that's where I'm at. <clears throat> yeah, I, I still think when you're you're betting against Glennon and Brandon Allen, that's a pretty good teaser opportunity. Yeah. I think the same thing's true with Darnold. Um, what about the but but the Cardinals are banged up Kyler Murray without Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean that. But that why don't you just take why don't you just take the cart or the uh, the New England Patriots straight up there. No, I, I, I absolutely would. That that two and a, that two isn't a ton. I mean, I would take Patriots plus one ten on the money line. I think. Um, I also kind of like the over there uh, at forty nine. Although I'm a little nervous about the Cardinals with with yeah. Kyler Murray. I'm not nervous about the Pats. I mean, up. the Pats have been one of the more underrated, been good. underrated been offenses good. over the past probably yes. month. I think they'll keep their end of the bargain. Although they didn't last week. The total is 49 when they faced Houston. That game actually went under because they weren't able to score in the last possession. I still think it's a pretty solid side, though. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, uh, before we get to prize picks, any others that you want to hit? Uh, well, here's one that if you if you're if you want pain, under in Bills Chargers makes a little bit of oh, sense. God. To me. Yeah, how much pain do you no want? No smoke you brown. Can, uh, you can do. You can do a pain uh, double-double, and you can go under in Chargers-Bills 
and take the Falcons on the money line. And that's how you can feel maximum pain before 4 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. So you can enjoy that. All right, let's go to Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com. You want to download the app or go to PrizePicks.com. And basically what you do is you parlay um, uh, player prop bets, essentially. So you can pick between two and four players, and you pick whether they're going to go over or under their fantasy uh, projected point total. And if you get, say, all four right, you can make 10x what you put in. So it's really simple. Um, you're just going over or under a fantasy point total. You can pick anywhere between two and four players. We're going to probably pick two each, and then you can decide how many of them you want to use uh, and how many you want to put together. I will start us off with a guy, uh, and this is now, going now to be... Now, here's a guy is what you really have to say. Yes, exactly. Now, here's a guy. Um, I'm going to go with your boy, Mike Davis, 14 and a half. I think that uh, Carolina is going to be okay, and I like Mike Davis over 14 and a half. He's going to catch some passes. He's going to score a touchdown. Things you love to see. I love the way you think, George. The Mike Davis thing, by the way, the ethos thereof was was really due to my hot. The hot. I thought my hot take was going to get more hatred that McCaffrey would make McCaffrey being out would make the Panthers better, as opposed to your big your your extremely correct take about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me go. Okay. Let me go with Nick Chubb over 17. Mm. And oh, next one's going to be kind of a grind, but I'm going to go Devonte Parker over 13 and a half. I think Fitzpatrick's a better quarterback for Fitz or for Parker's skill set. So those are my two overs here. Okay. I like both of those. Um, let me, I give you one more here. And that is going to be Evan Ingram over 10. The Cincinnati Bengals do not have much of anything that will stop uh, Evan Ingram. The only thing that will stop Evan Ingram is Evan Ingram dropping passes. Uh, I also kind of like Jacoby Myers over 11. Those are your two. That's prize picks. This is the Daily Betting Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. on the live show. Eric, please contain yourself on the late uh, Pac-12 games if they haven't all been canceled yet. Feed me.